We'd like to thank our friends at People's Mortgage for sponsoring Arizona Varsity and Arizona's athletes. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current mortgage, the experienced team at People's Mortgage is ready to help you. People's Mortgage has been a local lender for over 20 years, and their team has extensive knowledge of the local economy. They'll find the loan that best fits your needs. Rate your low, so connect with them today at 602-714-2555. That's 602-714-2555. Find out why they say, at People's Mortgage, it's all about the people. AZBK0904164 NMLS6274 Equal Housing Lender. going on everybody welcome into another episode of the take it easy sports show here on arizonavarsity.com my name is zach alvira and as always i'm joined by my co-host eric newman eric it's we're recording on a wednesday afternoon a little bit different this time but um you know with with both of our schedules being pretty crazy because of uh the championships coming up everything like that this is the only time we really had to record so uh how are you on your uh, on your lunch break i'm assuming from work i'm good um it is crazy that we got to this point i was not sure that we would um have a chance to see all the championship games come to fruition there's been no i 100 percent agree with you i mean it, it is it is crazy yeah there's been a bunch of cancellations and games teams have had covid and everything but it it seems like we've gotten to a point where um the best teams are still in it at least that's who we think i mean saguaro uh was a tough one to swallow because they would have had um a chance at least in this one but you know, it. we've gotten most of the best teams and they're playing for championships and that's almost all we could ask for. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, we're going to go into that a little bit more throughout the show. As usual, we're going to touch on the games that we were at. Um, you know, both of us actually saw two games this past weekend, uh, the 6A finals, and the, or I'm sorry, 6A semifinals, and then obviously the Open Division semifinals, and we were at different games. So it kind of worked out well for us to, to talk about the two. Um, and then we're going to go into the uh the championship games so a little bit shorter of an episode this time around uh just because you know we're really everything is pretty straightforward there's you know we're just going to highlight the games that we were at and then talk about all the championship games so with that being said let's go ahead and get started and eric i do want to come back to that statement that you made about saguaro in the open division once we get to that point um but to start it off why don't you go ahead and tell us where you were on friday i was at Sandra Day O'Connor, um, they took on Chaparral in the 6A semifinals. It was a uh, three and a seven seed. Um, and I, I mean, Chaparral looked tremendous. I hadn't seen them yet this year. Um, I don't normally report all the way up in Scottsdale and everything. Um, and I had just gone out the week before to talk to some of the O'Connor kids. They had, a, uh, they had an awesome overtime win the week before. Um, but Chaparral's offense, uh, especially, is really, really good. Um, Brayden Silborg and Jack Miner is one of the best connections that people don't necessarily even know about. I mean, they're both highly recruited and sought-after players, but in terms of the, the one-two punches, they're tremendous. I'd put them up with anyone um, in the state. and it was, uh, it was dominant from them from the beginning. Um, and Miner had three touchdown catches in the first probably 15 minutes, two in the first quarter, and then an early one second quarter, and they just they took a lead 
steady from there, and the defense did enough to keep him in it. Um, and I think that Chaparral, uh, they're really fresh going into this one. And I think it's going to be fun to see if their defense can step up the way they did against O'Connor. Yeah, you know, I'm actually really excited to see Chaparral this weekend. Um, it was my first time seeing them this season. Uh, obviously, they've only had five games in the regular season, so there weren't a ton of options to, for me to, or opportunities, I should say, for me to go there. But, um, you know, I'm excited to see Brayton. I'm excited to see Max Miner. I'm excited to see Jared Williams, who is one of my favorite running backs in the state. Yeah, and he didn't even play. Oh, he didn't even play? Yeah, he, was he... he was injured. He, had a nick, he was nicked up. He could have played. Um, but he was going to be like he was going to be low level of production, so they saved him for the championship game. He should be good to go this week, though. I mean, that's smart. Might as well. I mean, if they feel like I mean, if was he dressed out at all or no? He was in his uniform. Okay, he so he could have gone, gone, gone if they needed him. Okay. Yeah, he was. He was still dealing with the nagging. Got it. Okay. Well, hopefully he is one hundred percent by Saturday, and. Uh, It'll be exciting to see him. So I'll, I'll go ahead and touch on my game really quick that I was at, and then we'll head into the open semis that you and I both attended. Um, Highland Boulder Creek was a tremendous game. Um, you know, it, it's one of these games where obviously Highland's high-powered offense, between, you know, with Gage Daly, Max Davis, um, Ammon Allen has been playing a lot of offense lately. He's got a ton of offers as a safety, actually. Um, but, you know, he had he had a touchdown himself. Or I'm sorry, I think he had two touchdowns, actually. Um, and then, you know, Max Davis found the end zone. Max Davis, actually, in this game, and most of it, ironically, came in the fourth quarter. He became Highland's all-time leading rushing, or runner, I guess, rusher, I should say. So he did get the rushing record. Um, I think in my official stats, I had him, like, two yards short of where he needed to be. But, obviously, my my stats are never official, so... Highland went back, reviewed the film, got the correct stats, and I think he finished with a few yards over um, the 161 that he needed to to become the re- the the record holder there. And obviously, he's got one more game, so he's going to separate himself from the pack there even more. Um, but Boulder Creek's offense, I I'll give them credit; they played and are a much better team than I even thought that they were. Um, Bear Milicek is, is phenomenal. Uh, Jacob Cisneros is easily a front runner to be among those for offensive player of the year in 6A and even in the state, maybe. Um, Highland's defense could not stop them. And Boulder Creek, because of their their offensive, offensive style, they only had, I think, six possessions on offense total, and Highland only stopped them twice. Now, obviously, they became the two biggest stops of the night because it allowed Highland to, one, take the lead, and then two get the win um, at, at on Boulder or on their own goal line. Essentially, Boulder Creek was literally just yards away from t- potentially tying up that game or going for two to obviously win it and go to the finals instead of Highland. But um, it was a, it was a tremendous game. Uh, it was one that was literally back and forth the entire time. Like I said before, Highland's high powered offense they went to the air a lot, so their time of possession wasn't quite as much as Boulder Creek. Um, but Boulder Creek, I mean, I'm talking at least six to maybe at some point 10 minutes each drive so they just took so much time off the clock um but i mean overall it was it was a battle of two very good teams that deserve to be in that position absolutely i think that boulder creek um they don't want to take more overtures from this but they they really showed with that one that they belong in that conversation 
It's the first time in a really long time, maybe ever, that they've been that good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, open division semifinals. Eric, where were you on Saturday? I went to Hamilton High School. Um, they took on South Point, and it ended up being a blowout running clock. Um, Hamilton just started off super fast. Cole Martin, the sophomore, took the opening kickoff 48 yards, got to the 50-yard line. Rodney Clemente, first play from scrimmage, breaks open for a 50-yard run touchdown. Um, it was just it was a route from there. They got up 23-0 in the first quarter, um, and it just did. They never let up the lead. South Point got it to within two scores. They got it to um, 23-14 or maybe 30-14. to 14. I don't remember which was which. Um, but they, they got it to within a reasonable amount, but then – uh, Hamilton just absolutely dominated in the second half and kept running and kept running and they really didn't even need to throw the ball that much. I think Michael Masumas had one touchdown catch as a, uh, their tight end over there. He, he had a great grab. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, they were just they were just pounding the ball on the ground and they their defense played really well. They have a bunch of really fast guys up front and they made it so Trace and Borgay had no time to throw the ball. Yeah, you know, that's kind of exactly what Hamilton did against Corona. They ran the ball like crazy, um, you know, between Noah Schmidt and uh, Rodney Clemente. I think they had, like, over 320 yards of uh, on the ground and, like, seven touchdowns between the two against Corona del Sol. So to see that they, you know, used that momentum from that game to kind of pick things up where they left off, uh, not really that surprising. One thing I want to ask you about, because we did see this on Twitter, um... Some Hamilton defensive linemen are claiming that South Point offensive linemen were, you know, throwing punches. And then obviously we saw um, a Hamilton defensive lineman. And we're not going to name any names just because I don't want to, like, you know, be that guy. But um, took, you know, maybe an arguably a cheap shot on a South Point offensive lineman. Did you see any of that in person? Or was it kind of like it was away from the action so you couldn't really tell? You could tell. I didn't see punches necessarily. um, But you could tell if things were getting really chippy. Um, it, especially toward the middle of the game, like the late second, early third quarter, um, there was just a lot of pushing and bravado and everything. I, you could tell something was going on. You couldn't necessarily see it. They do a good job of not making it easy on the refs to make those calls and everything, but, uh, you could definitely see some pushing and that kind of stuff. So no, the short answer is no, I didn't see that, but it doesn't surprise me at all. I think both teams were a little bit guilty of doing that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and let's just hope that it doesn't carry over to, you know, the Chandler game against Hamilton because, uh, you know, I don't know. I just feel like there's no place in, in, in a game like that, especially high school. Um, speaking of Chandler, I was at their stadium on Saturday night when they hosted Liberty. And, Eric, you told me all season long that Liberty was a much better football team than they showed on paper and i truly got to see that in person um for those that don't know hamilton won in overtime over liberty um 35 to 34 it was a phenomenal game uh it had it it was it was very much like the game that i always say was my favorite i've ever covered in that 2018 overtime game in the 6a semifinals between chandler and highland um it, it was right up to par with that one um Hamilton, I'm, I'm sorry, Chandler went up 28-7 to seven at halftime, and Liberty just came storming back and tied it at 28 heading into the end of regulation. 
and then Chandler Eli Sanders was able to punch it in in overtime. Liberty answered on fourth down in overtime, and then they ended up trying to go for a two-point conversion, but Chandler's defensive line got there and uh, created a bad pass from Brock Mast on the two-point conversion. Obviously, it fell incomplete. Chandler won, but Liberty was so impressive in that game. Um, they they deserve to be there. Um, some would argue they, they outplayed Chandler, and you know some would argue that they could have easily been in the in the championship game and maybe they deserve to be in the championship game because they did outplay Chandler. But Chandler is very hard to beat in a regular game and they're very hard to beat in overtime. Um, so even if, if Liberty would have elected to just go for the field goal to tie it and send it to double overtime, Chandler would have had the ball second. And I, I they have so many plays for two-point conversions. Um I don't know what we can, we can speculate all day long. It was but. the right call to take the two. It just, the fact that yeah. it's incomplete doesn't, um, doesn't nullify that. And, and maybe that's what Liberty was thinking. Maybe they knew that Chandler had this arsenal of two point plays that are so hard to stop that they didn't want to take that chance to go into a second overtime and let them win it like that. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I mean, that's a team that the, when you're thinking about it objectively, Two yards to beat the the reigning state champions that haven't been beaten in a long time. Um, yeah. With an offensive line you trust and seniors on at quarterback and some good receivers, you take that and uh, you take it win or loss. Yeah, exactly. And, and like I said, hats off to Liberty. I mean, they played phenomenal. Um, Stam was impressive. Um, they they their defense played so well in that second half. I was sitting there, honestly, in overtime. I was sitting at the back of the end of recording, and in my mind, I was sitting there saying, am I going to see Chandler lose tonight? Something that I haven't personally seen since I started covering football for the trip. I mean, man, I don't know. It was just, it was crazy. It, it was so close. I even had a little anxiety, to be completely honest, because I was sitting there like, oh my goodness, what if? Liberty gets this and they win the ball game, um, but like I said before, Chandler's very hard to beat and they're very hard to beat in overtime, especially. So, I mean, again, hats off to Liberty. That was a phenomenal performance from them. About as about as good as you can play, honestly. Definitely. Um, you want to get into the championship games coming up? Yep, let's do it. Let's start with a uh, with three with a two A actually. So. We're not going to spend a ton of time on the two-way uh, championship game, um, Santa Cruz Valley versus Benson. Santa Cruz Valley, I think, has been the best team in two-way all year long, and I think that they're going to take that one. Um, I don't know if you want to throw in a in a yeah. I mean, they not, but... they gave Casa Grande a four A team that was the one seed in four A a game. Um, yep, and that's not. Uh, I mean, that's really impressive. If that's your if that's your loss on the season, um, yeah. And Santa Cruz is just they've run it up on teams this year. I don't know much about Benson, but I know that Santa Cruz has been really really special. Yeah, exactly. Three um, A game Snowflake who won a uh, a nail biter um, against ALA Gilbert North. That one also went to overtime. Actually, uh, that was obviously the game famous for uh, the booing and the USA chants when the AIA stopped the game because of people not wearing masks in the stands. We're not really going to get into that too much. Um, let's just hope that, you know, people comply a little bit better this time around so the games don't have to be stopped. Yep. 
Um, but Snowflake, obviously a very good team, the number two seed in the 3A conference. Yuma Catholic, though, I, I find it hard to believe they're going to get beat at this point. They have literally been dominant all season long. And, I mean, that's just a program that, in general, just always, always is a contender in that 3A conference. So I have Yuma Catholic winning that one. Richard Stallworth, their quarterback, has almost 1,000 more yards than the next nearest person in the state. He's got, like, 3,400 um, passing wow. yards on the season and something like 40-ish touchdowns. It just has been an absolutely dominant performance offensively for them. They've been blowing teams out. So yeah, yeah I, I don't think that it uh it would be very surprising if they won that game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 4A, we're going to actually talk about this one a little bit more in depth. Number four, Cactus versus number three, Mesquite. This is a rematch from the semifinal game last year that came down to really a game of inches, right? Because you were at that game, weren't you? I wasn't at that game, but I watched oh, okay. the replay, and um, I've, I've seen much of it. They came down to a, um, much like some of the other games we've been talking about, it came down to a two-point conversion, um, and Cactus was ruled to have been short on the run. Um, that would have won them the game in the semifinals. And, uh, I mean, this is it's the two same teams, but they're different identities. Yeah. And, and, you know, Mesquite lost some players last year. Obviously, they returned the likes of Andrew Morris and, and Levante Trotter. They added Eric Lira, and, of course, they still have Ty Thompson, who is, you know, obviously, I mean, you could even argue the best quarterback in the state this year. Um, so Mesquite has the firepower to hang with Cactus, obviously. Now, I think the bit, the matchup really to watch here is going to be Cactus's defensive line versus Mesquite's offensive line. Um, you know, we saw Cactus, or at least I did, I saw Cactus against Desert Edge, and Desert Edge has a huge offensive line, but Cactus held their own. Um, I was actually incredibly impressed with Cactus's defense in that game, and obviously Desert Edge is an open division team, so I don't know. This one's this one's a little bit more tough for me to to pick a team as far as the winner goes, um, but I will say this. If Cactus wins, I don't think I'd really be that surprised. Definitely. But I think they have been one of the best, if not arguably the best team in 4A all season long. But the thing is, you can say the same thing about Mesquite. So I think this is a, a matchup of the true two best teams in the 4A conference. Um, so, I mean, I, I hope for a really good matchup. But I think, man, honestly, I kind of have to lean towards Cactus a little bit just because of the interior alignment there. That's exactly it. You mentioned the defensive front, um, and they're really young in that area. Eight of their top nine tacklers are juniors or sophomores this year, so they're actually going to bring back quite a few uh, talented players, and then on the offense, they've got a bunch of young guys starting too. Um, But that's kind of what spurred them, is their defensive front um, ability to to shut guys down, and I saw, I've seen both of these teams this year. I saw Mesquite um, play against Northwest Christian in the opening round of the playoffs, and that was what uh, they ended up winning by 17. So they, I mean, it never was really that much in question. Um, but Northwest Christian made it tough on Ty Thompson to get the ball out of his hands. Um, yeah. And that offensive line is just going to have to protect him. It's going to come down to whether um, they can give him enough time to make the plays that we know he can make. Um, it was it was very similar in the Desert Edge game um, when they played Desert Edge last year for the championship. Desert Edge kept it close because they um, 
little bit, and he ended up making enough plays, and their defense stepped up to win it. But I think it's going to be a similar formula. Mesquite's had a ton of uh, shootouts this year, and I think they're best suited to have a game like that where they utilize their athletes. Uh, you mentioned a bunch of them already, Trotter, Morris, uh, Eric Lira, Ty Thompson's able to run the ball out of the pocket. Um, if if they're going to do that, I think they've got a good chance. But Cactus, I think, is going to try to keep it a, a, a defensive slug fest and uh, try to make it from there because that's what their that's what their core is. They run the ball uh, both from the quarterback and with their new transfer Akiflu, who's been just tremendous so far, and that's what they're going to try to do. Yeah, and like I said, I mean that that game is going to be. I'm excited for that one. I'm going to be at that one personally. Um, I'm sure. Oh no, you're going to be. I'm going to be at the five eight game. You're going to be at the five eight game. So let's go ahead and talk about that one now. Granted, I don't know a whole lot about these two teams, so I'm going to rely on you to kind of carry this part of the segment here. Uh, number six Ironwood versus number one Sunrise Mountain. Uh, what are you kind of expecting from this matchup? This game is a weird one because they've already played this year. Um, Ironwood won 20 to 11 in a in a weird game that ended up giving Coach Rizzo at Ironwood Coach of the Week for the Cardinals. Um, that was a, a big upset at the time. Sunrise Mountain had previously beat Liberty. Um, they'd been undefeated to that point, and they're they're a really tough team. I think they've been besides maybe you know the the teams that were in the open. I really think that they have been the best team in 5A this year. Um, but both teams in that matchup had injuries. Ironwood's QB, Will Haskell, um, was, he was in the game, but he had just gotten out of a boot from the week before. Uh, they didn't have their tight end and linebacker, Bubba Faison. Uh, Sunrise Mountain had a few people like Tommy Arnold. Their running back got hurt in the middle of the game. So it's really two different squads than the last time we met. Um, Ironwood, it's uh, Coach Rizzo has been there only two full seasons now. This is his second. Um, and they they really have just, they've adapted his, minds, his mindset. And they've been great. Sunrise Mountain has the biggest senior class they've had under Coach Decker. It's 30 plus kids, which is huge. Um, and a lot of them grew up playing youth football together in the feeder programs and everything. So it's a it's a really awesome game because these two are uh, they're very close to each other. They're both in the Peoria Unified School District. They're both uh, region rivals. They both played a lot over the years. Um, so it's tough to go off of the last game because I think both teams are just different, and they've both gotten just much better since that time. I think it's going to be a slugfest. Yeah, that that's a game that. I'm very interested to see the outcome, obviously, because Ironwood beat Sunrise Mountain before. But you know what they say? It's very hard to beat a team twice. So, And Sunrise Mountain has been on a roll lately. So, I don't know. That's going to be a good one that I look forward to reading your updates from. Uh, let's move on to 6A. Two teams that you and I both saw on Friday. Uh, Highland taking on Chaparral. Can I first just say, you know, aside from Boulder Creek... I think this is the matchup that everyone kind of expected because I think these two teams, if it weren't for the difficult schedules that they had, could have been the number one and number two seed in the 6A. And you can flip-flop whoever. You could put Highland one or Chaparral one. It really doesn't matter. Either way, these two teams, I think, are the best the 6A tournament had to offer. Um, 
again, you can make a case for Boulder Creek. You can make a case for for O'Connor in there as well. Um, but uh, arguably, I think these are the two best teams, and this is going to be the best matchup that uh, that we could have gotten out of the six A conference. What do you think? Chaparral dismantled O'Connor. Um, they didn't yeah. keep it close. And I agree. I think that um, I think that these are the two best teams in the tournament. And obviously, it's panned out that way. Coach uh, Barnes from Chaparral told his kids that um, they had just found out the the Highland had won, and they were in their post game huddle. And he's like, "Yeah, these are the two best teams." Um, mm-hmm. And I think that I haven't seen Highland yet this year in person. Uh, I know how many skilled guys they have, but Chaparral really impressed me, especially with yeah. their um, with their passing game. I think it was probably the best. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say the best passing game overall I've seen uh, in a single game from a from a team this year because I've seen awesome teams from Hamilton. We've seen mm-hmm. uh, Sunrise Mountain and Liberty both have solid passing games, but just the the way that that team is really, they've got a huge offensive line. They've got uh, a few great receivers. And then Jared Williams, as you mentioned before, being able to uh, run the ball and make some space in that way. I think that's going to be really tough to stop. This one is fun because we have two great quarterbacks in Brayton Silbor and Gage Daly. We have two great running backs in Jared Williams and Max Davis. We have a a huge offensive line from Chaparral going against a very good defensive front from Highland. And then, you know, you can even flip-flop that and obviously go Chaparral's defensive line against a very good Highland front. This, and, and, and we can get into the secondary and what and all the receivers and everything too, but this game is going to be fun. Yeah. I think it's going to be a – I don't think it's necessarily going to be like a, a runaway game for either team. And I don't know if we're going to see – a ton of points put up on the board, but it, it's really going to come down to which defense is better. Yeah. Um, Highland has a tremendous group of linebackers. Cam Colomore is a monster. Um, they, I, I don't know. Th- this one is so tough for me to pick. Obviously, everyone knows I went to Highland. People probably expect me to pick Highland, but for some reason, I'm kind of leaning more towards Chaparral in this game just because I feel like they're playing for more right now. Well, they were the team who barely made it to the to the playoffs because they only played five games in the season. They're the team that everyone kind of wrote off as the, as the as the trouble child or problem child because of the COVID situations they had at the very beginning of the season. They almost didn't get to play. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what's been motivating them the most this entire season, and why they've been dominant, especially in the playoffs. Um, so I don't know. I mean, they took down Queen Creek twenty six to eight. Queen Creek was a team that many people had in the open division. Yeah. Like, and, and Queen Creek has five or more division one players on their defense alone, and they put up 26 points on them. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, they dismantled Pinnacle, who people thought were a playoff caliber team. Uh, yep. Maybe probably would have snuck in if they had won that game. Um, they dismantled Queen Creek, and they took it to O'Connor. Um, this is their eighth game of the year that they're going to play. Normally, um, that is a game where people are starting to get kind of ready for playoffs in a regular season. Um, you kind of know your identity by then. Even this year, that's the end of the regular season for most. They're, I mean, they're about as fresh as anybody can be. Uh, Highland is great. And I, I mean, they play big in big games, as we've seen over the past few years. This is going to be uh, a really, really good battle. And I think a lot of people were hoping this is what we were up um, if we got to the 6A final. Yeah. These are two really deserving teams. 
100%. Who do you think is going to win? That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go Chaparral because they're the ones I've seen, uh, and I've seen when they're clicking how great they can be, but it's hard for me yeah. to know because I haven't seen Ivan Mata yet. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm going to take Chaparral in a close one. That's uh, that's gonna, that's going to be my pick. Um, hopefully the Highland people don't hate me for that, but for some reason, I, I, I just I can't help but pick Chaparral in this one just because of everything they're playing for. And, and everything that they feel like they have to prove, even though they may not have to really prove anything at this point, I feel like in their minds, they still have to prove themselves. And um, I don't know. I think I think for some reason, that's that's going to help them get the win. Um, let's move on to the open division. We've talked about the two best teams in each conference being in this game for a couple of them. Hamilton and Chandler have literally been at the top of the rankings for the state all year long, and it hasn't even been close. You can argue Saguaro, obviously, and we'll get into the whole Saguaro situation in a second, but Hamilton and Chandler. Chandler barely escaped Liberty. Hamilton dominated South Point Catholic. But let's revisit something. The last time Hamilton, I'm sorry, the last time Chandler was pushed to the brink where they almost lost they came back in the championship and dismantled Perry in 2018. Yeah. Do you see the same thing happening this year? Uh, this year, I would be surprised if Chandler doesn't win by 10 or more. Um, okay. I think that that year specifically, Highland was the second best team, and they just happened to meet up at that point. Uh, Perry yep. had a good run in those playoffs, but it was just because they were on the opposite side of the bracket. Um, Chandler is tremendous, and I think having been pushed, they're going to know that they can be pushed. But I don't know. Hamilton Hamilton looks good. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But it's going to be I, – I just think Chandler's got too many athletes. And maybe I'll be wrong. Hamilton looked really good in that South Point game. But it's hard to tell because they haven't played uh, – they played Chandler, obviously. But in the playoffs, they haven't played a team that really could play. Um, so it's hard to yeah. see what's going to happen if they get into a dogfight. I'll, I'll come right out and say that I have Chandler winning this game. Um, not easily. I think it's going to be a closer game. I think maybe 10 points. And, and obviously, 10 points to Chandler is close. So yeah. um, I'm with you on 10 points, maybe 14 points. Obviously, just two touchdowns or two scores, whatever you want to call it. Um, but here's my, here's the point that I wanted to get to and, and the question I wanted to ask you. Did, or I'm sorry, are we truly seeing the two best teams in the open division right now with Saguaro not having been able to play? It's tough, but yes. I think the fact that Hamilton beat them earlier in the year uh, kind of mm -hmm. takes away some of those questions. Yes, it would have been different in the playoffs. We saw, um, we saw Saguaro beat Hamilton in the playoffs last year. But the fact that they beat him this season already and then um, Chandler just running away and beating Hamilton uh, and running away from everybody else. I think it's. I think these are the two best teams. And Sororo might disagree, but they've already been beaten on a nationally televised game. And I just. I think that these two both just have so much talent that it's hard to argue. I agree with you. I think. I think Hamilton would have beaten Sororo in the semifinals again. Yep. Um, now, granted. 
it would be another very close game. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't have been a blowout. It probably would have come down to the final possession. Um, but I do feel like Chandler and Hamilton are the two best teams in this state, and right underneath them is Saguaro. And then I think, honestly, you can put now Liberty right there. I mean, you, you could even argue Liberty could be third behind Chandler and Hamilton, or you could even argue that Liberty might be the second best team in the state. Who knows what would happen if Liberty matched up with Hamilton. Um, but I think when we started the season, we said it was Chandler, Hamilton, Sawaro, and everybody else. Yep. Now you can put Liberty in there. And, you know, maybe some would say Chandler, Hamilton, Liberty, and then everybody else, or obviously keep Sawaro, whatever you want to do. Um, I think if we saw Chandler, Hamilton, Liberty, and Sawaro in the semifinals, that would be the absolute best matchups that we could have possibly gotten for the semifinals in the open division. Um, No knock on South Point Catholic, but I think last year's team was a little bit better. Obviously, um, you know, when you have a a star running back and a star safety, uh, along with a huge offensive line, that's going to help. But, you know, I I do think Sawara would have taken care of South Point Catholic, and then I think Hamilton and Sawara would have had maybe the game of the year. Although it's hard to say because Hamilton and Liberty, or sorry, Chandler and Liberty was probably the game of the year at this point. But um, I don't know. I think we have the two best teams going at it in the finals for both the open division and the 6A conference. And honestly, when was the last time we were able to say that? Yeah. Uh, maybe other than last year with, with Sawaro and, and Chandler. But at the same time, if, if Hamilton doesn't deal with with the injuries that they dealt with in the semifinals i mean could have we been talking about hamilton and chandler in the in the final game last year yeah that's the thing is this is what the open division is for um we would have seen if without it probably would have ended up being desert edge and saboro in 5a um and then these two probably again in the 6a but yeah. um it ended up being that you know, the top eight teams, and you could argue that maybe one or two, like Boulder Creek might have been deserving, or maybe Sunrise Mountain or something, um, maybe could have been in there, but it's hard to argue these two teams, or these two, these eight teams. So um, the, the biggest thing I'm thinking about, Zach, is what are we going to do when football is done? Are we going to have to, like, get a hobby or something? <laughs> um, well, I can tell you right now that I'm actually heading to uh, Mountain Points basketball practice or workout, I guess um on thursday so yeah. te- teams are practicing and going through workouts and stuff like that but obviously we're still a month away from the season if we can get there yeah um i've gone to a couple basketball practices as well yeah and so was on my list i need to go see what uh what so has got cooking over there i know i saw coach mons tweet out that they have like eight football players playing basketball this year yeah. so um Obviously, the football team is extremely talented, so that basketball program is going to be very good, yeah. I believe. So. And I was there earlier uh, in the fall, so I can tell you that Lucas Ramirez, their new coach out there, has something fun cooking. So we'll yeah. see We'll see uh, how that turns into points, and I went and saw state champion Ironwood. Um, this would be, if they win, they'll have won uh, basketball, badminton, and uh, football state championships all in the same calendar. Will will that be the most championships by them ever in a year? Because Ironwood's never won a basketball one, and they've never won a badminton. So I would be surprised if three in a year is not the most they've won. Um, 
That's awesome. I don't know the whole record, but yeah, I would be surprised if it's not. Good for them. Uh, just to kind of recap, Eric, uh, let's run through these matchups one more time for those that uh, may have forgot. So 2A, we have number three, Santa Cruz Valley, taking on number one, Benson. That game is on Saturday at 1 p.m. at Coronado High School. In the 3A conference, we have number two, Snowflake, versus number one, Yuma Catholic. That game is on Saturday as well, so a doubleheader back-to-back kind of deal with their with them at Coronado High School. Uh, that game is at 6 p.m. In the 4A Conference, Mesquite, the number three seed, is taking on number four, Cactus. That game is at 7 p.m. on Friday, and that's being played at Highland High School. Of course, the big school championship games. Obviously, 4A was in, in a high school stadium last year, but uh, no ASU, no uh, no State Farm Stadium this year due to COVID restrictions, I'm guessing, or scheduling, whatever it may be. Uh, all the games are being played at high schools this year, which I know some people aren't happy about, but we're going to let that one go. Um, also on Friday. Oh, and by the way, I will be at the 4A game. So I will be covering Mesquite and Cactus. Um, I think that's going to be a tremendous matchup. I can't wait for that one. The game that you're going to be covering, number six, Ironwood versus number one, Sunrise Mountain. That game is at 7 p.m. on Friday at North Canyon High School. And 6A. The championship game between number seven Chaparral and number four Highland is going to be played at noon on Saturday at Desert Vista High School. Have a brand new turf field out there, so obviously they're uh, the AI is taking advantage of that. And to cap things off for the 2020 season, the Open Division Championship between number two Hamilton and number one Chandler. A, ba- a rematch of the Battle of Arizona Avenue, a rematch of the game that was nationally televised on ESPN in the final game of the regular season. That is being played on Saturday also at 6 p.m. at Desert Vista High School. Um, Eric, I imagine you're probably going to be at both games on Saturday. Well, I have to be at least at the second one. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you yeah. can't miss the open division. Yeah, well, and also I have to wear a Raptor suit after it. Um, oh, that's <laughs> right. We didn't even talk about that. So... Yeah, that'll be fun. I don't know what exactly the the plan is there, but that'll be something fun to do. Uh, look out for me looking like a member of the Jurassic Park zoo staff um, riding along on a raptor. So yeah, and for the for those of you that don't know, so Eric and I had a bet. Well, actually, it was kind of chilly making the bet for us. Uh, when we covered the Chili Bowl. I exclusively covered Higley. I basically became the Higley fan for that night. And then Eric had to cover Mountain Ridge. Um, the loser, so in other words, you know, whoever's team loses the game has had to dress up in some sort of costume. We ran a poll. I think it was between that T-Rex suit, um, a, a costume that looks like you're being like abducted by an alien or something like that, and then um, the Raptor Rider, which is basically just a guy riding a, a Raptor. Um, pretty pretty self-explanatory there yeah uh the first poll tied between abducted by alien and the raptor um and actually you know it's funny eric because i went on my computer and for some reason i guess it like changed everything like percentage it showed different on my phone abducted by alien actually won that by really? like 0.4 percent mm-hmm. yeah um but whatever we ran a second poll they tied again so we really? had chili obviously the uh quote-unquote sponsor of the chili bowl we had him choose, and he decided to choose the uh, the Raptor Rider. So after the Open Division Championship game, we're going to have the costume there. I'm assuming we're going to do some sort of video, maybe recapping the games that we saw that day with Arizona Varsity. So stay tuned for that on the Twitter account, at AZHSFB. 
And uh, that is where you're going to see Eric dressed in the Raptor Rider costume throughout the entire little broadcast. I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm sure we're going to make him run up and down the field so it looks like he's actually riding the Raptor. Um, it'll be it'll be pretty funny. So definitely stay tuned for that. Eric is a good sport of doing it. And uh, I'm really glad that I had Higley because I, I knew all along that Higley was going to win that game. So I was never worried about having to dress up. But um, it'll be fun regardless. Um, with that said, uh, like I said, shorter episode today. We're just kind of going over all the games. It's going to be a very fun weekend of football. Last weekend in the semifinals was was phenomenal, pretty much across the board. Um, this is it. We've reached the we've reached the final game of the of the season. Obviously, a very unprecedented season for the teams that didn't make playoffs. You still have a lot that you accomplished. Obviously, making it to the to the final. I guess making it through the fall. I should say. Um, and then for those teams in the playoffs, this is it. Um, you know, go win a championship and, uh, you know, h- hang your heads high if you don't win the championship because you played football in one of the most difficult seasons in history. Uh, but with that said, give us all a follow on Twitter at Zach Lavira, at Eamon Wrights, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. We will uh, see you guys next week when we recap all the all the championship games and uh, we see who gets crowned and gets the gold ball sweet